Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to the Christmas edition of The Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Marshall, and I'm here with Dimitri Ninos, the winner of the People's Choice Rookie of the Year Award. Meter, how you feeling, bud? How you, uh, congratulations, first of all, and uh, get a little extra present from the fans, it seems like, this, uh, this Christmas for you. Yeah. Uh, no, what a way to end the year, and yeah, I'm incredibly thankful for everyone that helped me get that award. Yeah, and uh, and it wasn't given to you. Uh, or I was gonna say, and you were also a world champion this year, uh, a couple months ago, as San Antonio X Factor won World Cup, and and uh, you know this being your first season, so this is your first big pro win, and what a way to do it then at the World Cup. And you had a broken hand, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> it's been it's been a good good end of the year for you, man. You know, People's Choice Rookie of the Year, World Champion. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, on paper it sounds great, but it's funny because a lot of people have been talking to me about like how, you know, is this the best year of your life, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's funny because, yeah, in a way it is, but in another way, it's like one of the, I guess, best worst years of my life. Uh, you know, life outside of paintball was not, was not fun for me. Like I had everything, but I lost some family members along the way. And uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just so happy for the paintball world, you know, I really, uh, and that's what made this year great. Without paintball, it would have been the worst year of my life. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. And yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, you know, things as you live, things creep up. And the older you get, the more, you know, bullshit you got to deal with. And more just, it's not even really bullshit. It's just life itself. So yeah, sorry absolutely. that, uh, you know. No, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm happy. Uh, it takes a lot to knock me down. But yeah, winning World Cup, dude. After the West Coast Open penalties the week before, the woman who raised me passed away. Like it's just like getting hit with everything I got. Break my hand before World Cup. It's just like, come on, man. Like how much can a guy take? Yeah, but you were able to persevere. I mean, you did actually play World Cup. So talk to me a little bit about that. You know, you're heading into World Cup and break your hand. How, how did you break your hand? Bar fight. Um, uh, I, I wish there was a cool story. <laughs> we can edit and say, yeah, bar fight, one verse 15. I took them all out. But uh, no, actually, Saturday at the very end of practice, probably the last point we're going to play, um, I run to the snake. Uh, there's a little divot in the turf. just catches my hand. And, oh, God, I mean, it felt like my hand was on fire. And then I, I look at my hand, and everything looks okay. I, I you know, make a fist, and it's perfect. Um, but then like after, you know, all the jitters kind of set in it, immediate pain. So literally most like, I don't even know how to explain it. Just most unnecessary thing to happen happened. Uh, Murphy's law. <laughs> so yeah, after that we get the x-ray. Sure enough, it's broken. Uh, Alex is like, you going to play? I was like, dude, no, absolutely, man. There's nothing that will take, that will make me not play this event. Um, so we just kind of played it by ear, got the cast on, no surgery needed. Uh, we head into World Cup, and uh, you know Ryan's asking me like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Hey man, I've your guess is as good as mine. We'll see when I cut it off." He's like, "You're gonna cut it off?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, "I mean, dude, there's no way I can play with it on." So yeah, 20 minutes before our first match, my parents and my granddad come in with a Dremel. We Dremel it off right behind the GI booth. We look at my hand, sure as shit, still swollen. Uh, I just tape it up, and then we head into that first match against Damage. How uh, how long had it been broken before you had to cut the cast off? Uh, 
couple weeks? No, uh, six days. Six days. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Good, good Lord. Well, yeah. hey, man, that's, uh, that's a pretty gutsy thing to do. Um, and I, honestly, if you hadn't have done that, I doubt that people would have voted for you to be Rookie of the Year. I mean, you, you still would have been in the hunt because, you know, you're obviously one of the best rookies this year. Uh, but to, to head into World Cup and, you know, you, you didn't get a ton of spins out there, but there was one particular point in the finals that, if I remember correctly, you got into the snake and uh, and just getting into the snake in, in that really close point. I mean, every single point in that final game was was uh, uh, was contested um, in the sense, you know, obviously it's the final. So every point, every point counts anyway. But when you go and, and look at that point and watch that game again, it, it is pretty interesting because you guys went down a couple points before you ended up coming back and tying it up. And it was, it was a, it was a very interesting game. So, and you did have a big point in that game. So, you know, I mean, you having the gumption to cut your own goddamn cast off <laughs> and get in there and play. That's pretty badass, man. No, that's uh that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so how's, how's it now? Is it all healed up or how you feeling? Yeah, it's all healed up. Um, actually, yeah. A week after world cup, uh, I went and got no surgery because uh, I I'm, I had a deviated septum, so I had broken hand. It's like might as well just get my nose fixed and uh, <laughs> just get everything get you know get a little uh, tune up while I can. So you got like a cute little Britney Spears nose now, or what? What are we talking about? Uh, no, unfortunately, I wish I got the plastic surgery, but uh, <laughs> uh, now I could just got you know I had a V6 engine, now I got a V8, uh, ready to go. I can breathe through my nose for the first time, so the hands good. You know, I've never been better. I lost 15 pounds, which isn't good, but hey. Did you lose 15 pounds because of the uh, um, because of the surgery and not being able to eat, or was it? Yeah, the the surgery just just like absolutely just killed me. That's a no joke surgery too, because I I had uh, some problems with one of my similar situation, not being able to you know kind of breathe. It wasn't it wasn't bad. It never really had problems before. wasn't haven't really had problems since. But I actually went in and they stick that thing down your nose and like <laughs> you know they like make your nose dilate with some. I can't remember. It's the same thing you take that help your sinuses. Anyway, uh-huh. they gave me like the mother load of that and then stuck this camera. It was like one of those bizarre things where literally the doctor's like got this device all the way up in my nose and he's showing me on the camera i don't know if or on the screen did you get that same thing too where they stick the camera up your nose and you get to take a look <laughs> no, at your brains <laughs> no uh because like before i was looking into all the all the way like the technique and you know what they do so every time i saw a video of that and i was like man that looks really <laughs> unattractive i don't want to do that uh but i went to this doctor he literally just looked at my nose yep deviated septum i was like all right he was like you want surgery i was like yeah <laughs> all right sure all right, you got it next week. And then that was it. So I was like, all right, this guy is either really good at what he does and doesn't mess around, or he is absolutely clueless. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Did you did, did, he, did you just, you're like, yeah, okay, cool, week, let's do it. Or did you go and see another doctor? Or were you like, yeah, this guy's, you know. No, I, uh, I looked him up before, and he was like, uh, he's the most decorated guy in my area. And uh, yeah, he, he has a, the degree or something of that nature in uh, facial reconstruction. And so once I saw that, I was like, this is probably my guy. Like my nose isn't in any, I wasn't in a car accident. Like this is just like a, a, a bump that happened uh, when I was really young. So this dude can probably fix it. No, no, like nothing crazy going on. Was it affecting you as far as 
you know, being out there on the field and running consecutive points. And I mean, cause you've had a pretty, you had a pretty gnarly divisional story coming up and, you know, yeah. you played, you played lots of points. Is it, was it something that was affecting your ability to get air? I mean, if you, could you really not breathe that well through your nose or? Yeah. I mean, I honestly really like hundred percent could not breathe through my nose. Um, but it, it honestly didn't affect me until, uh, Chicago, like in that, that area. Uh, I remember waking up one morning, um, just killer headache and I never had a headache up until then really and then uh my voice changed I had more of like a a nasally high-pitched voice and I was like I don't like this shit like <laughs> what, what is this um and then at that event we we're playing against the Ironmen and uh I remember I played like two points in a row and they're like hey you gotta go again I was like all right um so I do that point come back in the pit and I'm actually absolutely exhausted like more tired than I've ever been before. And like, I'm a pretty athletic dude. Like I played a ton of sports, never really get that winded. And especially paintball, like four points, I'd never get tired. And, uh, I literally had to take my Jersey off and pull a Billy Bernaccia. I need water. Help. <laughs> uh, so after that, I was like, something's up. I need, I need to get, look into this. And then so you went, yeah, and that, that is an early surgery because when I talked to the guy, he's like, yeah, we could do a surgery to correct this. And I was like, yeah, you would have to, like, get the chisel out. He's like, oh, oh yeah, no, I have to get the chisel out for it. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, never mind. It's not that bad. Um, I'm good. But, hey, well, so it seems like you're uh, ready to go then for 2014 if your hand's healed up and you've got your, you know, you got your nostril situation taken care of. Yeah. Nice. So – you know, I really haven't had a chance to connect with you since the uh, other than a few texts since since World Cup. I mean, ha what are your thoughts on the year, man? I mean, you know, coming into this year, you're a pretty highly touted rookie, and uh, the X Factor camp had had high hopes for you. Do you feel that you lived up to that hype, or I mean, what, what, um, are, your, what, what are you thinking right now? It's kind of hard to say. Like, I absolutely, you know, I think I played well, and I think I. Had, you know, I was an average pro player. Um, as far as like you know what I contributed, I'm I'm disappointed in what I did. I thought I could have done so much more, but uh, yeah, I can I can walk away saying I'm happy. You know. Well, that's good. And then heading into 2014, how is, I know you guys just first that I've heard of at least of so far the teams you know that are in the champs and challengers division as far as getting practices in x factors already had a practice you guys just had a practice this past weekend yeah we did uh against the team i actually uh helped coach uh greg Polly and i own this organization ac dallas they came down uh they're gonna be a division one team next year and we practiced them you know we played against or you know the, the new 10 balls a second versus what they're playing 12 balls a second and boy that was that was a lot <laughs> a lot tougher than we thought it was going to be Making it a little bit harder on yourselves. No, that's good. So how do you? How is the team looking then for 2014? Any new pickups? Or I know you guys are going to lose. It looks like you're losing Paul Richards as as one of your coaches. Yeah. Um, um you know that it's that's a funny question because we yeah after World Cup, Brian, Brandon, and I, and Archie and Grayson, we all kind of and Scott, we all kind of agreed we need to find uh, just another guy. Um, that can really solidify our roster, you know. Um, the World Cup was great. Everyone's firing on all cylinders. But, you know, you're not always going to have that. So it's nice to have an, a new guy come in, give a different look, and, uh, you know, just kind of 
put some pressure on some of the guys, the starting five, uh, to play harder. Um, but unfortunately, we haven't really been able to find anyone that suits us. Like, we found guys, but not the ones that we really need. So, all right, we'll, we'll see what happens in January. But as of now, I don't think we're changing anything up too much. Well, you have a real solid core that finally coalesced and came together and played the paintball that, you know, we, we all knew had, that you guys had it in you uh, at World Cup. But I do agree that it is good to have a, as much depth as you can out there because mm-hmm. you're playing against other teams that have depth. So you're basically asking, you know, the, the type, you know, the core group of the guys. I mean, it, well, because you guys came to World Cup with, I think, nine, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you had nine, so, I mean, it, you're really asking a lot out of those nine, which you guys did step up, and everyone played great. So, but, it, you know, over the course of, of a five-event season, that it, it is a lot to ask because you know how the paintball gods are a little fickle. So, you know, so, sometimes, you know, you got somebody out there killing it, sometimes not so much. It's very tough to be consistent in this league uh, or be con- to be consistently awesome. I mean, you can be consistent, but I think it definitely would be good for you guys to pick up maybe one more solid guy that could fit in with your core yeah, um, absolutely. but I, you know I don't think it's I don't think it's necessary I mean look what you guys did a cup and that was against the, the strongest field ever I mean that that tournament was really hard you guys had to beat really really good teams in order to you know to yeah. even move on in the tournament let alone then you know on Sunday you had to beat Houston Heat the defending champs from last year and they won an event this year already and they had the Russians that were signing off at that was, as their last event so you know, that was, and that was a really close game. And then you guys had to play impact <laughs> to win the whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, that was a hell of a Sunday, but, but I think it would definitely help your team out to, to pick up another guy if, if possible. I know that, you know, we'll see the free agent market. It's not like there's tons of guys out there and there have been other teams picking up players. Like for instance, I'm sure you heard Thomas Taylor got picked up by Houston heat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, but heading into next year, it, it's, it's been, su- it was such a fulfilling climax of the story for X Factor to win that World Cup and I'm just glad that you know it doesn't seem like anyone's decided to retire and it's if anything it's kind of fueled you know that, that, that cliche fire you know so to speak fuel the fire to, to head into 2014 and come out and and try to again you know be a little bit more consistent of a of top level team now you guys proved you could do it for an event now it's like okay it seems like the the tone on the team is well let's go out there and consistently be one of the teams in the hunt for first place every single event. Yeah, and that and you know that's where the team sh- really should have been this whole time. I I'm a firm believer in that X Factor just had this monkey on their back, and you know going two and two, and you know one and three, you know a couple of events in a row throughout you know the past couple of years, really just squeaking into World Cup and actually you know pulling it out in the PSP and making out of that prelim bracket. I dude that changed everything, and just us squeaking by winning the tournament. I agree 100%. That made, uh, you know, Billy and Colt, like these guys have been playing forever, already 100% ready to get back on the horse and go. So I'm excited to see what 2014 holds for X Factor. Well, another cool thing, too, is that, you know, let's just say, and to me it would be, it's going to be a sad day, the day that either one of those guys or Archie or any of these guys hang it up. And they're still in their late 20s. So, you know, I mean, if they want to, they can play for a long time. But the, the the pro paintball grind definitely does wear you down relatively fast because it's not yeah. like you're getting trophy wives or sports cars or like, you know, uh, money that your great grandkids are going to get just because there's just so much of it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's more of something you're doing for um, to see how good you can be, man, and see how good you can go and kind of, 
and uh, it's this kind of, you know, that the Stoic inside quest for greatness. But that being said, because of this now world championship and because of X Factor's history it already has, but when you look at Texas paintball in general, and I think you'd be a good person to kind of talk to about this because Texas paintball has seen a resurgence. Texas has always had good paintball, but, you know, if you look down in the divisional ranks with VCK and AC Dallas and, you know, the success of the Texas teams this year, both professionally and in the divisional ranks, it's like you want to talk about where the hotbed of paintball is. It's almost not really California anymore. It's more Texas, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it, what do you think about that? I, I agree 100%. It's just crazy to, to even hear that because – you know, you take myself personally back to 2008, where I couldn't even get it on it or find a team worth playing for, uh, and having to travel to North Carolina uh, to now, where man, if I, you know, if I was that age again, I could play for any one of these teams: VCK, uh, AC, you know, even X Factor, you know, uh, or even the Zone teams, Texas Storm. You know, those are whatever five or six teams that were non or X Factor, but you know, they weren't going to pick up a. 14 year old kid but uh you know those are teams that weren't like non-existent 100 like didn't weren't there uh to play in at that that time to now where yeah every weekend you go to any paintball field to try and play a tournament paintball you're playing against someone who won a psp tournament and that's hard to come by yeah and across the different divisions too and that's the cool thing what do you why is that what can you can you isolate that and the the reasons behind this new burst of Texas paintball because it's not like it's just X factor winning the world cup or Houston heat winning it last year. And, and uh, you know, or, or one divisional team, we're talking about like five or six teams that are all have all been in their own terms successful in one way, shape or form. And they're all coming for pretty much from, it's not the same area of Texas, but Texas and Northern and well, and Oklahoma as well. But it just, it's really cool to see this happen in, in that area of the world. And, and I got the thoughts of, uh, you know, the guys we had on the podcast, um, it was Archie and Grayson and Ryan. Um, but, you know, as, as, as a guy who had to leave your own state, which is now kicking ass, to go <laughs> find good divisional teams to play with. And I, and I do kind of want to get your story in here a little bit because I think that, you know, you're only 20. I think you come across as older than your, your age. And, uh, and I think that's because of the, you know, the struggle that you had to fight to try to prove yourself in the paintball world and, and, you know, try to live your dream and get to where you are now, which is pretty much a starting member, uh, the world championship team. So, you know, what do you think it is? Let's start with why you think Texas paintball has had a resurgence in the past couple of years. Can you identify a couple key components to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we, we go back in time a little bit. The generation I grew up in, 2005, six era. I mean, it was booming. You know, Texas paintball had a lot of teams, and it was, you know, they were successful then. And then, right, 07 died out. Like the generation above me and the generation above that of paintball players just left the sport uh, for whatever reasons they did, and it left you know my little generation of whatever 12, 13 year olds. Um, and we still played every weekend, but I mean, you know, no guidance, just going out there, wasting our parents' money, playing paintball. (laughs) (laughs) But now, now you come to today where those same kids, myself, uh, you know, I, I helped a lot of Texas teams come up. TJ, uh, Danner, who now plays for VCK, he played on storm last year with me. He, uh, went to VCK and, you know, made them 10 times better. 
uh, Greg Polly coming to Texas, uh, just boosting North Texas paintball. Um, and then, you know, the zone guys, they have, uh, their own influences. Um, yeah, Houston Heat coming down to, you know, go down to Houston and practice. That definitely sparks some people up to really get in the grind. And, uh, San Antonio, you know, Al's always trying to get kids going and all that, but it's really all those people together and they're not even doing it like intentionally, but you know, all those guys boosting each other and you know, oh my God, AC is good. Texas Storm is good. I want to be as good as them. Houston Zone just won a tournament. Like, let's challenge those dudes. X Factor, let's go practice them. Collaboratively, you know, that's, Texas is a big ass state. You have all these central points just kicking ass. Like, you're going to get some good ass paintball being played. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, you can tell. I mean, it, it, the proof is in the tournaments. It's always there. That's, you know, that, that's where things get decided and defined. And the fact that, you know, across multiple different divisions, Texas paintball is handling right now, it's really cool to see. We'll see what happens in 2014. But, it, you know, I, when I look at, you know, other than, I mean, it, there's, there's still, always, you know, California's got a lot of big names, a lot of awesome fields, and a lot of guys pushing the sport forward. But it is really, really cool to see another hotbed of paintball. That, to be honest, I mean, hey, you know, I'm born and raised Cali, as everybody knows. I love, you know, California paintball and always been a proponent of it. But I mean, you can't argue with the results. And the results right now is that, you know, Texas probably has, I think, it's more of its share of successful high-level teams across the divisions than anywhere else right now. And I can't wait to see what happens as things kind of move forward and what players are going to come out of these teams. Like, so who would you say? are going to be like, who's the next um, young up and coming kid or they don't have to be kids, but who do you think are going to be the next guys that we're going to be talking about here pretty soon coming out of the state of Texas? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. Um, Cause there's, I mean, there really is so much more to learn for these kids, but you know, I'm biased. One of my best friends, TJ, uh, I think he'll be a good player. He's, you know, there's not many like him. He's uh He's somewhat of a rusty glaze type, and that's that's a really hard player to find these days. Uh, he's a big name. Uh, pretty much all the guys on VCK, man, to be honest, they're all hungry as can be, ready to go. Cam McCarty, uh, you know, the Jackson brothers. Uh, and then for the AC team, you know, pretty much all those kids. Uh, this Nathan Roberts kid, uh, he reminds me a lot of myself when I was younger. Michael Diaz. He has a funny story. I can't wait for him to be, in, you know, up here in Pro Division and just <laughs> telling his story. He was the worst kid out of anybody. <laughs> like, terrible every skill. And in a year of, you know, time with Greg and I, he's transformed into, you know, one of the all-stars on that team. And it's really cool for me to see that sort of stuff. And that's one thing that all these kids need to realize. If you're not good at the sport now, that doesn't mean – in uh, you know six months, eight months, a year, you know, if you, with the right dedication and work, you could be the best on your team, and you could be even influencing your best friends to want to be the like you. Like that's what happened with TJ and I. I influenced him to be the best, and that look, he brought a team that was a you know a mid-level boss to championships. So there's a lot, there's a lot of kids I can shout out, but those are the guys that really stick out in my mind. Well, it, it kind of comes down to a couple things. One, be your own hero. You know, I mean, <laughs> you uh, you want to be trying to strive to and, and actually visualize, you know, and, and uh, I remember listening to, I think Joe Rogan said it best in his podcast, but he was talking about how, 
can't remember who he had on, but he was talking about uh, what helped him in his life. And he was saying how, you know, just kind of visualizing being the hero in his own story, like actually like, where am I going? What is, what is it going to take to accomplish that? And then visualizing, you know, you conquering things or, and, and that doesn't need to be like a dominating thing. And we always use those terms in paintball, but you know, in life in general, if you see yourself being successful and, and kind of emanate that, uh, you know, that visualization into the future and then understanding that you can't just like you just wake up today and be like, I, I want to be rookie of the year, man, 2013. I think that's that's what I want. And then not take any steps to get to that goal. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's actually you know more important than the visualization itself. But until you have that the confidence to go and try to get something that you really want and and understanding that it's it's the actions that you take while in transition from being terrible to being really good, you know, like. You know, I don't care how good a guitar player was that one day that he first picked up that guitar, he was terrible, you know, and, and, and same with paintball or anything, you know, day by day, slowly, but surely you can become really good at things. You know, paintball is one of those things. It just takes time. It takes application of effort and it takes some understanding of the process and, and knowing, Hey man, this is going to suck for a while. I remember when working with Dave, when Davey Williamson was trying to, this uh, old school, you know, paintball pro oh, that, yeah. I came, that I came up with and. He's been retired for a couple of years, but when he first started to shoot left-handed, he would. I remember him saying, "Like God, I feel like this is. I I feel like I should be riding the short bus to school, man. You know, like the little bus." And I'm like, "Hey, bro, you know, just keep at it." And sure enough, he became dominant with his left hand. It's just you have to be willing to suffer through that suckiness in order to get to the greatness. So let's talk about speaking of that. How did you get to where you were? Because you, like you said, you had to go to North Carolina. And we've talked about this a little bit before. There may not be some people out there that, you know, have heard this story. I think it's a pretty inspiring story because you were one of those guys that was like, hey, I want to be a pro paintball player. I'm going to dedicate myself to this and I'm going to do what it takes to, to achieve that goal. So where did it start? Like, where did you kind of first have that spark of inspiration that, hey, you know, I want to I want to be on one of these pro teams one of these days. I want to be one of the best. Well, man, my spark to be a pro paintball player came from probably the uh, probably the third or fourth time I started playing, really played paintball. And uh, I remember I went to this local shop, Paintball Dynamics, unfortunately closed down. That was like where I lived from whenever, like 9 to 14. Uh, there was just like this video, and it was, I can't remember. Man, I, I really wish I could remember what it was, but Oliver was in it. And, you know, he's inspired so many people. But for him, like, I remember just hearing him talk and just watching him play. I was like, man, that's what, you know, that's what I really want to get into. And it's not like I picked him. He was just the first person I saw really doing it. And uh, I was like, man, this shit's really cool. And that I'm really, you know, I'm, what, 10 years old at the time? Yeah, I want to get into this. So I start playing, blah, 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 you know, you know, just doing local turns. Played my first local tournament three months in. I had this red and blue DM4 just balling out. <laughs> not, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, we end up winning, and uh, my family was all there, and they're like, hey, this is, I mean, hey, look at that. It's, you won a paintball turn. That's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I just kept with it. I, I honestly haven't skipped a weekend ever unless I was, uh, I had a broken hand, which was this year, or if I had no surgery, which was this year. I haven't missed a weekend since then. So, I, I don't know what it was, man. I really, truly had a passion for the game. I just loved it. And, uh, I, you know, I kept watching videos. I've watched every paintball video, every paintball match. 
everything you've done. Like <laughs> I've, I've seen it all. <laughs> and so every time I watch it, you know, I learn something new, get inspired in some way, you know, uh, and my biggest thing is I had, you know, the Odell brothers were near me and it's not like they taught me how to play or anything, but that was the closest I could get to a pro player. And, uh, Dusty really kind of, you know, he, I really looked up to Dusty. I was like, this dude's cool as shit. Like I'm, 14 and I'm talking to this guy who's I, I can't remember how he's probably 20 at the time 18 just like yeah I could totally see myself doing this I just kept with it and uh yeah I mean that's the rest is just kind of up until where I had to travel I was just playing in Texas and did a little bit of tournament paintball here and there uh but then the, the dark ages came where I, <laughs> I had to go find you know there was no nowhere up really I was playing division three there's nowhere up, no way I could climb to a, a Division Two or Division One team where I was at. The closest team that was here was five minutes away from me, but they just broke up. So, you know, I found myself lost on <laughs> on Xbox Live. And this is one of the best stories ever, and I suggest every kid networking through Xbox Live with kids your age or older is the best way to go anywhere in paintball. Hundred <laughs> percent, living proof right here. I'm on Xbox Live. I somehow get in this party with this guy, Nick Oreo. So wait, you're 14 or 15, you're in Dallas where you live, and yeah. you're pissed because the Dark Ages have slowly started to descend, you're, <laughs> and you want to move up from D3, but you, you can't. There's no local teams, there's no divisional teams, and you're just like, oh, damn it, what am I going to do now? And you're, yeah. on, and you're playing probably Call of Duty on Xbox Live. Yeah. Whatever game, I don't even remember what game it was. But anyway, somehow I get into a party with this kid, Nick Oreo, the funniest dude I've ever met to date, like the hilarious. But uh, you know, we talked for like six months on Xbox Live, like we're best friends via internet, like blah blah blah. He's like, hey, you should come play for this uh, in this CFOA tournament in North Carolina. Um, we it was the team was a ridiculous throw together team, like it was just horribly horribly done. We, we he found the the guys that paid the most amount of money and make offset the cost like it was just a total scam like the weirdest thing going shifty paintball story going on i fly out there uh i, I have a great time we we sucked we got i don't know if we won anything but i played i felt like the best paintball i could play at that time got recognized by uh the the i can't remember who it was uh i know matt saucman who plays for vicious now helped me get to this point but I basically got a trial with Raiden that next weekend and uh, fly home, tell my parents, hey, I need to go do this. They're like, what do you mean you need to go? Do what do you, you're telling us that you're going to go to North Carolina with our money? You're telling us that? <laughs> and, uh, I look at them, I was like, yeah, this is like a trial for a Division One team. And they're like, uh, we don't know what that means. I was like, well, this is a chance to go go play a tournament paintball. And I'm, you know, 14 years old. They're like, what the hell? After, you know, just throwing fits left and right, like just not doing any of my chores, like the absolute wrong way to go about it. Just being a little, little bitch about the whole thing. <laughs> Eventually they're like, all right, here you go. Here's your flight. Like get out of here. <laughs> I fly out. So you basically uh, just threw a tantrum until they bought you the ticket is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. From what I remember, it could have happened differently, but yeah, I definitely wasn't happy because my mom was just like, no, I'm not, you're not going to fly by yourself to North Carolina because you... You don't want your mom to come because you want to look cool in front of these guys. Blah, blah, blah. Like I was just being a little brat, and uh, <laughs> I go out there do this tournament or do the tryout. 
literally, I, I don't remember it at all, but I remember making it. And uh, I, I remember that feeling. And I've never experienced that feeling to date, but right then, because it felt like I was doing something right, you know? And I'm just a little kid. I don't really have that much experience in, you know, the outside world or overcoming things or, like, anything serious. Like, the biggest challenge I had was school, which I avoided because I hated school, and <laughs> video games. Like, <laughs> that was it. But I felt like I was doing something right when I was there. And I just, I honestly just had like a moment of clarity. Like, this is what you, you need to do. Like, this is, the, the, you really need to do this. I played football, basketball, I did everything. And it, all the time, I was just going through the motions, right? So here I am, made the team, feel 100%, this is what I need to be doing. And uh, they, uh, they were going to put me on the Division II team because there was this guy, uh, Evan Fife, who uh, plays with Cross Side, and he was going to take the spot. And fortunately, everyone on the team liked me. I was like, no, we need to get this kid. Like, it's a shot in the dark, but who knows? It may pay off. He's, he's paying his own way to be here. Like, he wants to play. He wants to be here. Even the coach didn't want me to be there. Like, I just, it was just a perfect Cinderella story for me. We go into World Cup, we win the tournament. Like, it's a, I'm making it really short, but man, that was, that's literally all I can remember. And uh, it, I'm just, I'm just in awe still to this day. Like fourteen year old winning World Cup team he shouldn't have been with. It just truly like that that can happen to anybody. And that's what I want people to get from that little hack job of a story. Like that can happen to you, your your little brother, your sister, you know, whoever. It, the options are available. Absolutely. But I'm going to have to update. I, I totally agree, and I, I have a similar funny story about a tryout. It wasn't flying, but uh, so let me get this straight. You on call or on, uh, on Xbox Live meet this dude whose last name is Oreo. Then you end up going to North Carolina and enduring a tryout and then fly back and demand that you get a plane ticket back to go for this tryout. Uh, which your parents don't want to do, but you they eventually succumb to your charms, and then they fly you out there, and then you make the team for World Cup, and then you go down to World Cup and win the World Cup in Division Three with Raiden. Oh, uh, it was actually Division One at the time, but Division yeah, One uh, Raiden in uh, 2009. That is a great story. We're going in case you do have, have to tell that story in an interview again. I think you and I are going to have to work on a little bit of uh, storyboarding for oh, that. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I need. To think it's been a long time since I've thought about it, and I literally don't have it. It's just like bookmarks in my mind of that particular, just like six months of my life, because it was literally just amazing opportunity after amazing opportunity, and uh, everything in between just blurred. So, how many times did you fly out to North Carolina for practice with that team? Was it just that one time, make the team, or was it constant? No, no it was probably God, eight weeks, nine weeks. Wow. That's a lot at that age. So to fly by yourself out there, did your parents ever come with you or are you constantly just flying by yourself? At- nope, just constantly by myself. Um, I made a point to to not fly with me. That was like the biggest thing because my mom would, you know, my mom would have been cool if she could have flown and, you know, made sure I was safe. But for whatever reason, the independent little shit I am, I, I needed, I was like, mom, I need to do this on my own. Like, I really want to do this on my own. I want to make sure I can do this. And, uh, she gave me the opportunity and, you know, look where I'm at now. Like <laughs> I, I owe everything to her one for the, you know, the ability to go do that. But then just, you know, taking that chance as a parent, like 
you know, I don't know any other parent that let a 14 year old kid just go to North Carolina with people they don't know. Like <laughs> that's, that's just a horrible, a horrible situation could happen from that. I mean, yeah, that's like one of those lifetime, that's like the start to a lifetime movie, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, you know, we've talked before you're, you're, you're pretty close with your mom still to this day, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that that kind of has, you know, every situation is different, but I can see how from her perspective, that would probably have been very difficult to do, um, to let you, you know, fly halfway across the country to hang out with people she's never met adults and, you know, to have to, to kind of really fly on your own, you know, essentially like letting you take that jump out the nest and saying, hey, you want me to fly with you a little bit here in this inaugural? No, no, I'm good. I just, I want to do it myself. So I'm jumping whether or not you want to, whether <laughs> what you want me to do or not. So that's, that's kind of cool. But that's, but that's one of those things, you know, on, ongoing themes in this podcast are like why people play, their histories. But it's always interesting because you have these, these, these themes that pretty much develop and they run it seems like through most people's stories and a lot of it is, you know, having the, the, the guts to, to see a dream that you want to achieve and have other people really not understand that, but really having the perseverance to see the, you know, the, the day to day, week to week kind of bullshit you have to deal with in order to make that a reality. And then a lot of help along the way from, from certain crucial people, whether that be, you know, a, a coach, a captain, a teammate, a buddy, a parent, like they're, they're, they're inter they, they're not always the same. And, but they, these people kind of, they're almost like a quest giver or like, a you know, this, <laughs> this magical person in your, in your life. It's like helping you, giving you certain key elements or either financial support or moral support or actually straight up knowledge sometimes. Yeah. Like it just depends, but it's just those people that believe in you, man, you know, you come across so many people that don't really, you know, you meet tons of people and you're friends with like hundreds of people, blah, blah, like you're connected to so many people through internet and all this stuff. But those people that really truly believe in you and it's really you recognizing that who those people are can take you, you know, wherever you want to go, man. Like for me, it's my mom, my, my family, Greg Pauly, um, and even in a way, pretty much everyone I've looked up to, like yourself, uh, like Grayson, uh, even Ryan Greenspan, Oliver, like, even though, you know, at years ago when I didn't know you guys, you guys inspired me just because of what you guys did, you know, just that, that seeing that dream that you have a reality for someone else. And then having those people that you come into contact with that believe that you can do it. That's what I think makes everything possible. Well, I think that, I think that the, it, it's an, it's an interesting thing, but for me, I think that inspiration is is one of the most potent um, non tangible currencies that exists in in people's lives, and I don't think it gets talked about enough because, you know, it, it's the word actually means to breathe into, and it comes from um, uh, I think it's Greek actually in origin. I may be I may be butchering this, but I can't exactly remember. But essentially, but essentially, it means to uh, it means like divinely inspired. Um, and inspiration comes from kind of a religious connotation, but essentially it means to breathe into. And, and, that, and that's a really interesting thing because inspiration can come from a lot of different things. But to me, it's like, you know, one of the most important, you know, the reason why we're even doing PBA or, you know, the reason why I think it's important for a lot of guys' stories to get out there and for you to get your story out there for, and why, one of the reasons I've, I've, I've been a fan of yours since I started hearing your narrative and uh, and hearing about you from other people, 
um, kind of vouching for you, like, oh, no, this dude's cool, you know, and, and, that, and, and he's got a cool story and he's a hard worker and, like, he's got his head screwed on straight and blah, blah, blah. Um, but is that it's important to get those stories out there because, you know, hope is one of the greatest gifts that you can give anybody. And it's a lot of times it's, it's free, you know, you don't necessarily get anything from it, but it, it but it can really change the world, you know I mean? And that's obviously we're talking about paintballs, you know, it's not as big as, as some other things, but you know, like Mandela just died. I mean, and, but there's just out in the world, you know, across boundaries of, you know, both sport and. Um, through, you know, different trials and tribulations of people's lives. And I mean, the, the ability to, you know, really kind of, um, and by sharing your story, which is why I'm always like, hey, you know, tell me your story to guys that we get on the podcast, because, you know, there may be some kid out there who's, you know, maybe 12 or 13 and lives in the middle of nowhere and, and doesn't think that, you know, it ha- just, you know, hasn't really had that bite of inspiration yet that muse come into their life and be like, no, you actually can do this. And, you know, you just need to believe in yourself and, and believe in your ability to see this dream through. And whether whatever that is, I mean, whether it be pro, play pro paintball or, you know, start a website, start a business or go to school or, you know, there, there's a lot of different achievements that, you know, if you just if you search enough, you can find that that spark of inspiration that can lead you to do your own great thing. You know, and it's yeah. And uh, and that's important, man. That, that shit is, I think, very, very, very important for everyone in their life, which is why, you know, reading books is important, which is why, you know, listening to people. That's why I love the TED Talks. Those things are incredibly interesting. If you guys yeah, have never heard that. Um, but I remember that one night we sat up and when you, when you were crashing at the house, staying with Scotty, cause you guys were getting ready for practice and we were just talking and I was like, man, I, you know, which is interesting cause you were saying that school didn't really excite you. And I, and I found this a lot is you see these guys that become, you know, that, you know, once you know them for long enough, they end up being potentially successful in business or they end up going on to college, but they didn't really dig high school very much. And it seems like you have these really curious souls who just aren't fulfilled by this, you know by the way that they're, you know, kind of being engaged by the system and that's not really stoking their soul, you know, they're not really feel like the, the, the creative spark is being fed in them, but they find that in other things. They find that in music or they find that in paintball or, you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, finding an outlet for your, for your child or for your friend or just kind of helping people get, you know, really excited about accomplishing something, whatever that may be, you can learn so many lessons going down that road. And, you know, so it's really cool to kind of see you, having now come on to X Factor and, and, uh, and, you know, again, you didn't, you know, you had a pretty good year, um, for a rookie, but I, I just see the potential and what you could potentially do depending. It's like, you know, when we had, had Munoz on here last week and you guys had a neck and neck race for the, you know, people's choice rookie of the year. Um, but, uh, it was just kind of cool to listen to him talk about, you know, what he wants to do and where he wants to go and, and understanding it's going to take a lot of work, but, you know, that's, that's how you find success is through that work, which is, you know, why we call it the grind, but, yeah. uh, which is why that's become such a big paintball cliche over the years, because that shit is true. You know, I mean, it does, you got to grind to shine, you got to grind down a diamond in order to make it glisten. You know, it's the same thing with the human personality or human life. Um, you just grind it down to its essential elements. And those are the things that peek through. And those are the things you need to refine and find out about yourself. Like what actually am I really good at? Well, until you try a bunch of different things, you're never really going to know. Yeah. So, that's one of the biggest things with just people these days, though. Like, everything you said, it makes sense to me, and I understand it, like, 100%. Like, I I live and breathe it, you know. Um, but, you know, I have my some of my friends that just – and this just goes for everyone. You look around, look at your friends, see the people that have passions and see the people that really just are going through life, you know. That's, that's what hurts me the most. Like, 
damn it, man, like go do something, find something you love. And yeah, find that outlet of creativity and get inspired. Like you're not living life until you identify that you're not living life fully until you identify that. So many people just, just go through it because it's what their parents did or it's what their, you know, their friends did like, screw that, man. There's so much more to, to do, to read, to, to witness, to create, like, that's what, that truly is what bothers me. Like I, I had like a couple nights ago, I had this conversation with my dad. Like there's so many people that don't even open that door. It, it just blows my mind. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, which I think it's even more important to try to, like you said, you know, live, live the creative life. And that, that doesn't mean, you know, just, uh, doing things that people term creative, you know, like writing songs or writing poems or whatever, like, no, yeah. leading a creative life can be many things. Like, you know, you can apply those elements to pretty much anything across the board, but I, I do agree with you, but it's, you know, I just think that, you know, the way that, the way that things typically work is that, you know, people aren't, you know, not every person opens their eyes in the morning, astonished that they're here, excited for the day and, you know, looking for the reason that they exist. A lot of people kind of get, uh, you know, they let that gigantic, huge cloud of responsibility and the weight of the world kind of weigh on them so that, that at the, you know, after enough time, they kind of become numbed by, um, you know, they become kind of sedated by the, uh, just the, the ins and outs of daily society, you know, and that's, and that's, that's, you have to have that. You have to, you know, you got to wake up and you got to put gas in your car to get to work and you got to go to work and you got to, you've got kids like think they got to get to school and those things need to get done. But, you know, and this came up in a previous podcast and I actually had somebody hit me up. I can't remember his name on top of my head, but, um, but thanks for listening. But it was about, it was essentially about how, uh, um, I was talking to Nick Sloviak and, you know, there was this writer named Albert Camus who actually was, uh, which was funny because after it had come up in the podcast, I was listening to NPR the next day, and there's a book about how this, about how Camus was one of the leaders of the French Resistance, and it talked about him being, you know, in World War II in France, you know, being one of the main guys that ended up being in control of the resistance and that whole story, and that was mind blowing, and I had no idea that that was even the case. And it's weird how synchronicity works sometimes that that just, you know, showed up in, on something I was just searching randomly to, for something to listen to on the drive to work and found that and started and I had no idea that that was going to be involved in it. But he taught, he wrote this book called The Myth of Syphilis, or not Syphilis, The Myth of Syphilis. <laughs> yeah, The Myth of Syphilis. That's a good one. <laughs> Get where your protection, boys. No, it was, uh, <laughs> it's basically about Sisyphus. And he was this, you know, which is funny because you're Greek, but he was uh, this Greek uh, king and and he was this incredibly intelligent, but like spiteful and deceitful king. And so anyway, he, he, got, uh, he got cursed by the gods, by Zeus, to basically roll this boulder up this hill constantly. And then it would fall back down and he'd have to push it back up. And that's his, that's his torture yeah. in, in, into infinity is to constantly be rolling this, doing this work, never to see it come to fruition and never getting to the top of the hill. And so Camus basically reinvented that saying like, in order to be successful in life, you have to imagine Sisyphus as happy. And, you know, because what greater thing is there for man to, because, you know, we live mortal lives and whether you get 40 or 60 or a hundred years, you still only get those years. So, yeah. you know, none of us are getting out of here alive. So it's the choices that you make with those moments that kind of define you and what you're doing here. But also, you know, you have to kind of be happy in the struggle. And, and that's, that's what had to come up through paintball. Cause you know, Houston heat and, 
and, uh, and Nick himself has put in a lot of, you know, look at you, you just said you've been playing every single weekend. So you must enjoy going to the field early, getting shot to pieces every single weekend, and probably the majority of your time, you know, taking big bites. Like, okay, well, who's the best guys out here? I want to play against those guys. Yeah, get me in this point. I want to play against those guys. And then constantly doing that, and eventually you become one of those guys. But if you can't enjoy that struggle, it's, and, and so one of these guys hit me up saying, hey, you know, hey, I found that to be, I found that parallel in my life and kind of made some sense. And that, that shit's true, though, man. You know, if you can't enjoy the daily struggle of things, it, you're never going to get to, you know, see that fruit come off the tree if you can't put the seed in the ground in some fertile ground, water it on a regular basis, make sure it's in the right sunlight, because then you finally get to pluck that awesome fruit five yeah. years later. Like, I love avocados. Those things are delicious. They're like green butter and they're super good for you. But it takes six years for five to six years for an avocado tree to bear fruit, you know? So for green butter to grow off trees, it takes six years of making sure that thing's good to go. So, but yeah, but it's tough, man. And that, but it's, you know, and, and you can only, you know, it's, I mean, I've seen a ton of players over the years and, and, uh, and, you know, not everybody has the same spark in them to try to achieve something you know some people are, are and that's okay you know I mean it's you know it is it is what it is but it's it's cool to see guys shoot for the moon because even if you don't hit it you know you're you will have learned something by trying to strive for that you know yeah so no, absolutely so I mean now at, at, that all said and done and you're you're 20 now you're on a pro team I mean, do you feel a sense of achievement or do you only feel like this is merely that all of that was just like you're not even into the main part of the book yet? Like this is really yeah. kind of chapter one that you're writing right now. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely, yeah, I'd say this is like the introduction, to be honest. I don't feel I really left my, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be remembered and leave my mark, whether it's on the sport or people's lives. And, uh, you know, I've left, a, a few, you know, a little scratches somewhere, but as far as, my professional career, no, nah, man, I haven't done a damn thing. If we're, if that's what you know, if that's the question, I haven't done shit. I've, I've played five tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you did win the World Cup, and you got, I mean, you got a good win. You did it with a broken hand. Like, it's, it's a, uh, it's a good story. But you no, know, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing how your story plays out. I'm looking forward to seeing how the story of your team plays out, the area of the world that you're in, because um, that's kind of one of the cool things is that you know I've heard that you're, you seem to be pretty proactive about trying to do something about making, you know, cause that's the thing, man. It's like, dude, you're 20, bro. You know, you don't, you know, you don't run the paintball universe, but you do have a big effect in your area of the world. And it seems like you're trying to do something and make something for the better in your small slice of our existence. And that's noble, man. That's awesome. Because, you know, if you are successful, awesome. If you're not, well, you're going to learn from those experiences, whatever it is, and then come back and do it even better the second time, you know, yeah. which is the same shit in the actual game itself. I mean, you take some getting your head blown off a lot before you start blowing people's heads off, you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, uh, well, cool, man. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in with us. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for your time. You got any cool plans for Christmas? What are you doing for Christmas? Um... Honestly, man, when I'm in town, I don't really, I'm pretty boring. I, I spend too much time traveling to go out of town just for vacation. Are you getting to uh, any events in Europe next year? Or are you gonna? Have you been on any of those adventures yet? Yeah, actually, uh, last year, uh, at, yeah, my rookie year, I had the opportunity to go over, play with Oliver, and uh, hung out with Ryan. And I, I want to go back. Unfortunately, the team uh, I was playing with, Dogs to Mort, had a 
uh, problem issue with money. So if any any European teams are listening, hit me up. I'm ready to go. Any Australian teams, South American, I'm trying to go anywhere. Just hit me up on Facebook. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and I'll definitely vouch for your abilities for anybody listening. And hey, just you know, <laughs> watch the dude play. He can do it. Do you have any sponsors you want to thank? Is uh, anyone any, anything you want to pump up while we oh, have yeah, the, absolutely. While we got the microphone uh, on? Yeah, GI Sports. You know they're they're kicking ass in their pursuit. Uh, HK Army. They're look out for them in a couple of years. Uh, I can't wait to see their future. Talk about the success story. Um, Greg Pauly, my family, all uh, my friends and fans. Love you guys. Thank you, Maddie, for the opportunity to be here. No problem, man. Just keep uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's been cool to meet you and cool to see what you've been. You know how you've molded your paintball career, and and we need we need more meters in the world. You know, <laughs> I could yeah, I could definitely go. come on, come on would, meters. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, no, it would. Uh, it's it's gonna be cool to see what happens. I, I wish you the best next year, and you know, looking forward to seeing you continue to get better at the game. So you know, we'll see how good you can get. That's completely up to you, and you know how hard you work at that. So um, I can't wait because it's been you know really cool to see you play so far. So can't wait to see what comes up in the next few years. And then, you know, that, and that was the thing about the rookies, like, you know, you and Blake, I'm surprised Blake, because Blake had such a, you know, good year too. I'm, I'm surprised that no, more people didn't vote for him. Um, yeah, and, I, man, I am too. Like, I honestly felt like Blake was going to win it, to be honest. Like, when I just looked out, I was like, yeah, Blake will probably win it. And, uh, you know, I, I was confident I was going to be in the race, uh, you know, running for it. And I did not. Nothing, no discredit to Lewis. Like, I, you know, I, I don't really know you, but you sound cool and I respect your ability. But th I did not see that one coming. But hey, man. Hey, they, you know, <laughs> hey, they got a lot of fans and, uh, and he is pretty fun to watch play. I think, I think Lewis has got a good few. Well, all the rookies that we had in there, I think Kevin Klum, you know, Russian struggled a lot. The Moscow Legion struggled a lot this year. So I don't, we think we got to see him play uh you know with as much backing as he could have had so but yeah. i think he's got a good future in front of him and then danny park um same with him too so you know i mean we had a good crop of rookies this year looking to see we're looking forward to see what happens in 2014 and who steps up um but yeah man it was uh you know those those are five awesome players and you just happen to come out on top we'll see what happens when the uh we got we're gonna have the player i'm gonna pull all the players and see who they who they think is like best mvp um, rookie of the yeah. year, coach of the that, year, all that, that stuff. That would be really cool. Yeah. That would be a really cool one to see. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna do that after the People's Choice Awards here. And we got Coach of the Year still uh, going on, and then uh, they're gonna have MVP, which should be pretty interesting. So, but hey, man, thanks for uh, thanks for sitting in, and we'll definitely check in with you as things progress to uh, to the season 2014, man. And if you're out there listening, out there in uh, the interwebs land, help us out, help us spread the paintball gospel. Uh, like us on Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, you know, help us spread the word, man. Paintball is a very fascinating activity with fascinating people that play it. And it is uh, pretty much a metaphor for the struggle of life itself. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. The Real Deal Podcast, Maddie Marshall. I'll see you next time.